In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 47, Shelfies. 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 Because <laughs> what day is this, Erin? Library a- Shelfie Day. Wow. I really liked how you enunciated <laughs> Shelfie. Also known as LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And what's the point of Library Shelfie Day? Uh, to show off the books show on off your library books. shelf. Yes. So this could be a you know traditional library. It could be your own personal library. Mm-hmm. Either way, take a shelfie. Yeah. The goal is to to yeah take a picture of yourself. Take a book picture of your shelves yes. and all the books upon them. So yes. we're thinking today about books that look damn good on shelves. Pretty good enough. Very good enough. I shouldn't have said pretty good. <laughs> pretty good enough that we included them as picks. Okay, it was a stretch. No, no, we love good these enough books. that you want to take a shelfie and post yes. it to wherever the world takes you. Yes, yeah. So they're beautiful on the inside and oh, the out. It's like you got to judge a book by its cover, but not. You got to no. look in inter in. It's like when you find out that one of those really good looking celebrities is also really cool. Oh, God. And then you're like, damn, you're the whole package. Yeah. Like, say, Ryan Gosling. Yes. That's I'm really obsessed of. with him right I, now. I knew. I, that's I why I was giving you an out just to talk about Ryan Gosling. I don't know what it is, but I've been on a movie binge of Ryan Gosling, but also looking at um, interviews with him because he's hilarious. He is. He actually Which makes really me is. like him even more, that yeah. he's funny and smart. And I just want him to be my boyfriend. Okay. Um... <laughs> I support that. I support that. <laughs> He's unfortunately with Ava Mendes. So, yeah. you know, she's they have like two kids. Now, they do. They, they do. Yeah. 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 So this is a pipe dream. But yeah. hey, in my mind, 
we have a great relationship. Pipe we take library shelfies all the time. You he should. And I. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, girl. <laughs> How about a library shelfie? <laughs> I think you're going to turn that into a meme, aren't you? Sure am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, Aaron, mm-hmm. thinking about shelfies, thinking about how books look. When you go into a bookstore, mm-hmm. are you drawn to book covers? You know, I, okay, I will say not as much anymore, mm-hmm. but I do know that when I was younger, when I first started to realize that my love of books was maybe larger than mm-hmm. the average person, yeah. I was really into collecting like the really nice editions of books. Like I yes. have a beautiful edition of Little Women mm-hmm. and a beautiful edition of Jane Eyre that were like all the pages are colored on the edges, yes. you know, and it has a special bookmark and like mm-hmm. gold foil in different places. You know and it. it's huge. Like I just, I don't know, something about having that version that I just, I would buy books like that, but mm-hmm. then I would go to the library and get the books that I, like I've never read that version of My Little Women. you don't want to touch it. No. Yeah. No, it's just in this, like I have a uh, one of fairy tales by Hans Christian mm-hmm. Anderson, Hans Christian Anderson that I just... It's beautiful. And I, I had don't... the same with like Shakespeare, like collected works. Yes. And it was, each one was like a very individual, like, you know, beautifully made book. So I never touched the thing. Right. Yeah. And I was obsessed with getting those mm-hmm. and then not, which is kind of funny. It was like, I was collecting those and then reading the books from the library. So <laughs> I'll say now I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily like drawn just to a cover. I think I'm usually a little more like, oh, this is what I want, mm-hmm. but Sometimes a cover will grab my interest and I'll have to be like, what's that about? Hmm. And I will sometimes a cover turn you off yeah, from a book. It does. But I fight that a little bit yeah. because I try to. What about movie tie in covers? Hate movie <laughs> tie in covers. So do I. So it's a travesty. Much. It is. I was just, we were discussing that there have been times from Amazon, like I've ordered a book and mm-hmm. then I get the movie tie in and I think, did I do that or did you do that? Yes. I'm going to say it's Amazon. It. Yeah. It's Jeff Bezos. He yes. knows that you don't like it. And he's like, Mm-mm. guess what? She's trying to take me down. I'm going to send the one that's yeah. tied in to well, the crappy movie. Guess what, Jeff Bezos? I'll just go to my independent bookstore <laughs> and buy the one I want. So get around your terrible system. When he listens to this episode, which yeah, he will, he will. Um, he'll he'll quake in his boots. Two things: one, hmm. I'm coming for you. Yes. Two, I will get the one I want. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing is more angering, and most of the time, the original book cover was like awesome. Yeah. And then they put the the put no offense shitty... to the actors that are on there, but the actors or actresses on the cover, and then I'm like, well, no, no. No, and this the poor is not the author. This person didn't write exactly. it. Exactly. Oh man, didn't blood, sweat, and tears. Right. This. I'd be pissed if some, yeah. you know, unless it was Ryan Gosling. Well, I'd be like, okay. And also, probably if there's a movie tie-in cover, it means they're making a lot of money on the adaptation. That's probably so maybe true. They can look past. So they can it. justify it to themselves. Yeah, like, they're just fair. I yeah, would too. I mean, for sure. Yeah, like that movie star's face is paying for my pool out in the backyard. Yes. So we talked a little bit about bookstores, but do you remember like the first time you ever awed by a library besides just like the first time going, but mm-hmm. just having that woo, feeling? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that long ago, actually. It oh. was in uh, Dublin at Trinity College. Oh. And it's so Trinity College is this old. I mean, it's been there for a long time in the middle of Dublin. But then there's this library as one of the buildings that People are everywhere are like paying to get into this library just for a few seconds of looking at it. It's wow. glorious. And you go in and it's huge ceilings and floor to ceiling books. And it's designed to almost 
awe you and yeah. you do you feel awed by it but then i found out a fact because there uh there's a, t- a guide telling you a little bit about the collection they don't sort by author or book title they sort by size so there were just bookshelves of like really tall books and then smaller books and medium and smaller and smaller to the point where i had to leave after a while because i was like this would be maddening yeah like, how would you ever find anything it really hurt my sense of organization. Is it a functional library? Like if people are paying to do a tour, are people actually checking out materials from there? Or is it more just like I a thing think, to see? I think both. I think it is a thing to see, but I think occasionally maybe for some of their grad students or whatever, it oh, is used in that okay. instance. I'm not for sure. Okay. I didn't pay attention to that part. Well, uh, you were. I heard the yeah. organization thing and my mind was just thrown and I couldn't get back. So in your personal library here, how mm-hmm. do you organize your own personal books? <sighs> See, now I feel like I should say that there's a system. There's not really a system. Oh, that's all right. For a while, I was having like certain shelves dedicated to certain genres. Like, Ooh. this shelf is for all my feminist books. Okay. This shelf is for all my science fiction books. Then I discovered that uh, they didn't fit all of the things. And that I like certain genres more than others. So it just became out of control. I so gotcha. now I just put them up there. Okay. What about you? Yeah. Mine are alphabetical. <laughs> <laughs> By author's last name. <laughs> Of course they are. A freak. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I bet if I went into your library and I was looking for a specific book, I'd be able to find it. Uh Whereas right now, if I'm... If I don't remember where a book is, I have to go through my whole shelves. Yeah, I just... There's something very... At first, I didn't really do that. Mm -hmm. I just... I kind of had... I was kind of doing you. I was doing like by topic I tried mm-hmm. and then all different kinds of things. And I was like, no, this isn't working. And so I painstakingly went through all of them and alphabetized them. Wow. And what's more difficult about it is that a book doesn't make it onto my shelf until it's been read. Ooh. Like I have a separate pile for the ones to be read. And so I have to then strategically move things <laughs> to fit it in. Because oh sometimes God. I'm like, ah, it's an L. I don't have any room. And wow. I have to move. Yeah. So you have to reorganize every time you read it. Well, I have to, yeah, move the, you know, because some spots yeah. I have little trinkets and I have to move those down and then oh, move God. this shelf down. Get it's like trinkets Jenga. out of the way. Yeah. Whew. I know. Wow. Mm-hmm. So question, since we're talking about libraries. Yeah. Would you marry the beast and Beauty and the Beast to get at that library? <laughs> if there was a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> what would the prenup state? I get the library. Okay. After we break up. <laughs> so. so how long would it take you to break up with the beast in order to get that library? I mean, he's the beast. So I'm thinking I got some good cause for divorce within yeah, yeah, the yeah. first six months. I think months. you're right. Yep. I think yeah. you're right. Also, I'm a little bit vindictive, so Mm -hmm, I feel like mm -hmm. I could, like, if we got to that point and I hadn't turned him into the prince yet, I could be like, Mm. look, you want to be a prince? Ultimatum time. That's fine. I will kiss you, and then you'll give me all the books, and we'll part ways. Yeah. And you can find a lady that loves you in all your glory. And doesn't give a shit about books. Right. Yeah. But in the meantime... I'm going to need this. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to need the castle because I don't want to take this library right. out. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, you so, need the castle for yeah, sure. So. And all the uh, the people that came in the castle, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, they can choose. Yeah. Like children, they can choose who they want to be with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you know where you should be, Cogsworth. I'm just saying. Exactly. I'm just yeah. saying. Lumiere, you know. You know. The library is where it's at. You know. Yeah. If you don't, well, then good riddance. <laughs> Good answer. So, I was just going to say yes and then try and figure out a way to divorce him. You were thinking ahead. Yeah. No, I did. Yeah. yeah. Nice job. Escape plan. Mm-hmm. Necessary. Yeah. 
Well, you know, a lot of people, we were talking about how we, we do buy a lot of books. We also go to the library a lot. How do you feel about electronic reading devices? That's a big negatory on that one because no, oh. no, I can't, I can't do it. You know, for a while, um, when I was riding the L in Chicago to work every day, I tried for a while. I tried having a Kindle so that I wouldn't have to lug all the big books back and forth. It's just not as satisfying. I, I it makes me anxious somehow. I don't know oh. why. I because I want to be able to like flip back and forth between pages, and I don't know the the workings of the Kindle were a mystery to me. Okay, and I never bothered to figure it out. Gotcha. I just said f this. I'm back to my regular books. That's I don't fair. care if I'm bringing George R. R. Martin's hardcover Game of Thrones <laughs> on the bu- the bus and the train. I'm That's just it. the extra weight that I'm willing to carry to avoid electronic reading devices. Wow. Yeah. That was awesome. What about you? Um, well, I do. I use one, but for a very specific, really only for traveling. So, and that's a great plan. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't find myself reading it much at home to the mm-hmm. point that I have to be careful how many books I load on it for the travel situation because then I'm like, oh, I got to read these books that I left uh, on there and I get a little bit like frustrated mm-hmm. by that. But because I'm like you, I like to have the book. Yes. Especially if I'm – although I will say I do also like the Kindle for like ease of reading while you're eating. Oh. But I don't usually do that. I still usually have the yeah. book and get marks all over it. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, for traveling, I load it up and then I can, you know, it's easy. I can throw it in my bag and all that jazz. But mine's like the old, like I have the paper white Kindle. I don't like the screen look. I like uh-huh. it to still look like a page and it hurts my eyes less. So well, yeah, yeah. But that's the only way. See, yeah. you're willing to embrace technology and I'm saying no, well, I will not seed ground on this. I only, because I often travel with children and I, uh, if I had the books, it'd be like one more thing. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So yeah. Uh, Well, you know, another uh, uh, strike against the reading devices, you can't take shelfies. You're right. You can't look at the beautiful covers. That's very true. You can't feel them. Also, Podcat can't rub her face on them. Yeah. She likes to rub her face on the covers. And that's not as fun. And listen, I've sent back a mini uh, a library book with Podcat all over it. So I'm (laughs) just just going to say. Stand there for days. (laughs) (laughs) So I apologize if I killed anyone by, you know, sending that dander back into the world. That's a the, risk you take with a library book, I, I would think. think so, right? Yeah. There's got to be other fluids on there. <laughs> oh, God. That went so dark so fast. I was thinking just like drool or something, but you're... Drool? <laughs> what? You were thinking drool? You couldn't just gone water like a chocolate smudge? We went to fluids and drool. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Aaron's face is just in horror. I am. <laughs> I just checked out a book from the library that I just returned that had a little stamp in the front that said water damage. And oh. then the day that they noticed it when it was oh. returned. You know? Do they have a stamp for blood damage, do you think? Well, it's just a stamp that says damage and they fill in Oh, okay. Is. I wonder how many times they've had to write blood. Blood or, yeah. or fluids. Body fluids or drool. <laughs> this is clearly drool. This is fluid from a human mouth. Or I wonder if they, yeah, like the chocolate smudges. Damage chocolate. <laughs> I bet they hope it's chocolate. Damage smash bug in the middle. Oh, boy. Yeah. I could, that's got to happen. That, yeah, I bet you're right. Yeah. There's got to be a lot of smashed bugs in library books yeah. around the world. Around the world. <laughs> <laughs> and different bugs depending on the region. Yes. You could tell where it originated from. <laughs> that would be an interesting library shelf. Just books open to where the books or the bugs, bugs were smashed. smashed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Huh. <laughs> 
Interesting. Anyway, so, hey, should we get into our picks? I think so. Great. I would love to know what you drooled on this week. (laughs) (laughs) So guess what? I went a little rogue because, you you know, we set these rules for ourselves and then we rebel against them Mm -hmm. because that's our weird mental space that we take. Yeah. So I brought, I picked a book that brings together dozens of novels and a few other genre picks on a theme and that theme is David Bowie. It's time, Aaron. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's been a while. How did I know? Well, Bowie's this is just bookshelf. what it should be. This is called Bowie's Bookshelf, The 100 Books That Changed David Bowie's Life by John O'Connell from this year. So, the I don't know. The picture on the front is magical. She's showing say. it to me right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm going to describe this picture. Please it's David it. Bowie with his shirt open, mm-hmm. cigarette in his mouth, mm-hmm. reading mm-hmm. in the midst of a lightning bolt. I don't, I don't know what else you need. No, there's nothing. And it's a red book. It's glorious. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you a little bit more about Please this do. book. Yeah. So David Bowie, I don't know if you know this, he was a voracious reader. I did not know that, honestly, until loved to read. recently. And a few years before he died in 2016, he shared a list of his top 100 books that changed his life. And so here, this book, you get the full list. And for every book that he picked, there's a page or two talking about the book itself, as well as the probable or the known impact on David Bowie's life, his wow. music, his career, all of that stuff. So the jacket says this. Imagine a beloved friend sharing their favorite books with you, the ones that shaped them, made them who they are, and inspired them to achieve their dreams. Now imagine that friend is David Bowie. There's nothing more that I've wanted in my life. No. Than to have David Bowie as a beloved friend. I think he is. I, let's you think? be honest. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, you're a beloved friend, but David Bowie. I understand. You know, okay, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of picks here. There's some classics that you'll recognize. There's some things you've probably never heard of. There's some that I'd never heard of. Um, there's novels. There's nonfiction. There's some seminal uh, gay and feminist works in there, too, which is really cool. Plus, each section after John O'Connell, the author, talks through the the book and the impact on his life, it also uh, suggests a recommended listening. So it picks a song to listen to that that book probably wow. had an impact on. So, for example, there's uh, when he recommends a book that discusses the increasing lack of reason in politics, especially in the U.S., the pick of the song is I'm Afraid of Americans wow. by David Bowie, which also featured Trent Reznor. Nine Inch Nails. It's your... Another love. Yeah. By the way, I discovered they went on tour together in 1995. I don't know what I was doing in my life in 1995 besides going to college. I could have made time for that. Yes, you could have, but I'm not sure you would have lived through that experience. (laughs) So That's a good point. I think your head might have just exploded. Yeah. If I wasn't, you know, accosted by all the angry males that loved Nine Inch Nails at that time. Yeah, that's also true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that might have been the wrong space for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But now YouTube exists, and See? I watch so many videos of those two together. And you could and you can enjoy it, yeah, for what it is, it's and not glorious. be accosted by angry people. It's a gorgeous book, like we said. I described the cover. Let me describe it again. It's David. <laughs> <laughs> Shirt open. Let me just emphasize that. Shirt open. Cigarette in his mouth, reading a book. 
Would you say that when you read it, did you feel like there was a lot that you had read too? Or there's definitely some of- that you and I both have read. I mean, there's some classics in there. You know, there's Great Gatsby, that kind yeah. of thing. But then there's so many that because he was reading these in the 60s and 70s while he was developing himself, maybe they were popular at the time, but they just never made it through. You know, the passage right. of time. So I hadn't really heard of them. There were oh. a lot of surprises in here. Are you planning to read mm-hmm. some of those then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. All of them? Well, I'm not okay. going to go that far. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I didn't no. know how. Especially the the women that he chooses. Like, there's a lot of uh, women that I'd never heard of. So mm. I want to dig into that catalog. Yeah. So really, I'm giving you 100 recommendations today. Yeah, for the price of one. An entire library shelf of picks, you might say. <gasps> you could have a David Bowie shelf in your library. Oh, my God. I of could. books that he read that you read. Oh, my God. I could get fill a whole thing like this. Yeah. Wow. That's a good idea. All right. Well, that's my project for 2020. Okay. <laughs> Yay! New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Make a David Bowie shelf. David Bowie's bookshelf, Aaron. It's that was a great idea. What a great pick. Yeah, to talk about David Bowie. Again. I know. Yeah, and in a very applicable way. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to put this right here. I, okay. So we can good. keep looking at I it. I think that's probably a okay. good plan. I like him just <laughs> looking at me right now. While I do mine. Well, I also went a little bit rogue. Did you? But I picked something that is. Um, a shelfie to me because it's represents kind of my reading life. And I just think the cover is really cool. So it's called Troubled Daughters, Twisted Wives. And it's stories from the trailblazers of domestic suspense. What? Yeah. So this was published in 2013. It's an anthology edited by Sarah Weinman. Um, it's a short story collection uh, edited by her. She's an authority on like women crime fiction writers. Mm-hmm. She's done a ton of research. She has other anthologies. But this one is meant to be a tribute to women who wrote crime fiction in the 1940s to the 1970s. Ooh. So basically like the trailblazers of the industry. Yeah. Like, she poses the question, where would people like, you know, Sue Grafton and... Um, I lost the name Gillian Flynn mm-hmm. and some of those, where would they be today without, without some of these, these people yeah. that laid down the kind of tracks for them. So it's short stories by these women that she picked, but before each one is a little like one or two page essay about the writer, how they got into writing, kind of what their contribution to the crime fiction writing genre was. So you have people like Shirley Jackson, Patricia Highsmith. Those were two of my favorite stories in there, but I think there's like 10 or 12 total of people I'd heard of people I hadn't. They were all great. And it was a fun way to read crime fiction short stories to kind of look at what they brought to it, learn about them, read the story. And it's a great one that you can dip in and out of. Wow. But the reason that I love the cover is because it's like classic 1950s noir cover. Ooh, I've got an image in my mind and it's a glorious yes, one. It's this blonde lady with like the, you know, coughed curled hair. Yes. She's got bright red lips. She's got long red fingernails and she's like, oh, you know, sure. scared. Uh-huh. And it's, but it's perfect because it's sort of in a weird way, an advanced version of a Nancy Drew cover. Ooh, yeah. Which speaks to me because I was like yes. my first love and kind of how I fell into crime fiction. And so I was hooked right away just for the cover. Mm-hmm. So kind of kitschy and fun i love it nancy drew rem you know yeah but also kind of making its own statement that's really cool and it's kind of along the same lines like just a lot of different authors and picks yeah and it's beautiful on the inside because it's such a cool way to look at that genre and look at how women contributed to it and really 
kind of the argument she's making is what a better job they did at getting at some of the psychological parts of crime fiction or really pulling back certain things about society and showing something different. So truly a wonderful read. Any authors there that you discovered that you'd never really known about? Well, you know, if you're not familiar with Patricia Highsmith, I mean, Mm -hmm. she is a very famous author, but not usually recognized for crime fiction, um, usually more in the literary fiction Mm -hmm. vein. And so... I was fascinated to read her story and about how that was kind of a love of hers and some of the things she contributed to that genre. I just had never put her in that context Mm -hmm, before. mm -hmm. So, and I've always been a Shirley Jackson fan. So that was a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That sounds great. It is. Do you ever on your library shelves, do you ever like display a book? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. How do you choose which ones you display? Well, um, like I said before, because I have a quite a bunch of library shelves in my office, so sometimes for space, but if I have to like use a book for a bookend kind mm-hmm. of thing and yes. display it, I pick the one from that shelf that I love the most. Mm-hmm. Or like I have an area that's dedicated to uh, David Steris because I'm a of huge course. fan. I have all yeah. of his books. He autographed one, so that's mm-hmm. the one on display, that type of thing. Or ones that I, yeah, I love the cover. Yeah, it's really yeah. pretty. How they look, yeah. definitely. My, my uh, ones that I talked about at the beginning, like the Little Women and the special editions, I have special shelves up top. And I have from both of my um, grandparents, like old, old books. Like they're old books. One of my grandma uh, grandmas went to school in a one-room schoolhouse. Whoa. So I have her like books that they use there, like the original readers and arithmetic books with her writing in them. So I have a couple shelves that are dedicated just to like don't touch these books. Wow. Yeah, they're super cool. Yeah. Does anyone touch your books? No. Good. No. Does anyone touch any books in the other shelves that the, the supposedly no. you can touch? Okay. No, no. They just really. know better. Yeah. Your family Even, knows. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, out of everyone, I mean, my younger two are readers, but... They aren't at the age yet where they're sure. interested on what's on those shelves. Yeah. And I think Mike knows me enough to know that, you know. You better not. It would be devastating. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, I suppose if we were ever in like a knockdown drag up fight, that would be mm-hmm. the biggest way to just oh, shut God. it down. Yeah. Just go take books off the shelves. Oh. Right? That would be when you would have to leave. Yeah. It'd be yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to come back from. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 He'd have to build more shelves since he built he those would. shelves. <laughs> Is there going to be a point at which he has to build more? Yeah, we did. Well, we built some originally, and last summer we did have to add to it, and yeah, it's getting there. Mm -hmm. But I have another spot in the house that's not in my office that I think we're trying to figure out something. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And that's a good point, too, because I have a room where... I, for so long in my life, I wanted a library, like yes. a room dedicated yes. to books. Me too. And I finally have one of those now. But then I also have a shelf downstairs where I, so I move things back and forth, mostly yes. because of covers or like whatever I'm obsessed with right now or whatever. Yes. Some of the graphic novels, especially, like yeah. get to display those. Yeah. Very, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, I could see, I'm, I'm going to need it. I oh, mean, for just sure. Space wise. Although I've tried to, I've been better lately about, you know, mm-hmm. maybe reading it like we said from the library and then buying it if I love it. Yes. So, yeah. Well, and I have one shelf dedicated strictly to music, like biographies oh, and like very cool. stuff yeah. like that. Um, and that's where my next pick comes from. Aaron. <gasps> what? So for my other genre book, I chose a sort of illustrated memoir slash biography. It's this cool hybrid thing that's gorgeous. And I'm going to get it for you. Ooh, right show me. I should have brought mine. What was I thinking? <gasps> it's Joan oh, Jett. Oh, yeah, it is. And the author is Todd Oldham, the designer. And this came out in 2010. So I imagine, you know, 
Joan Jett is known probably mostly for I Love Rock and Roll, that song from the early 80s. But she's so much more than that. And that is really what this book shows. There's huge photos and memorabilia shots with like clips from her interviews. And that's what I really like, too, is all of the text that talks about her life is clips that have been chosen from previous interviews over her career pulled together into this cool memoir type thing. Yeah. Um, she was a teenager in, in the early 1970s when she knew she wanted to play guitar. And so at age 15, she formed an all-girl rock band called The Runaways. And Cherry Bomb is probably the song that a lot of people know from there. And they were adored. They were hated. They wore amazing jumpsuit type things. <laughs> All the pictures are in here. Um, male, uh, male singers, rockers, uh, male fans, they felt either threatened and or titillated and responded equally in violence and, you know, threats and all sorts. It was, it was real ugly, but that's all uh, shown here, too. At age 19, she went solo. She produced her first album, which has bad reputation on it, My oh, Ringtone. Amazing. Which, you know, I've told you I've never answered my phone. So it just mm-hmm. plays me bad reputation every once in a while. It's wonderful. Terrific. Yeah. Um. And she became huge. She sort of owned the 1980s. She was everywhere. She was singing. She was acting, all this kind of stuff. Um, she became a producer, and she produced a Bikini Kill record, which I love Bikini Kill. And in fact, the intro here is written by Kathleen Hanna, the singer wow. of Bikini Kill. Uh, the front cover, I'll describe it, is Joan Jett in all of her 1970s punk gear. Mm-hmm. It's terrific. Um, the photos inside, like I said, are gorgeous. They really paint a picture of her, but also of this time period, which is really cool. I say you can read it in pieces. You can read it all at once. You can just take a look at the pictures, do whatever you want. Um, I, I think it's a wonderful thing to have on your shelf. And, and hey, if you're intrigued and you want to learn more about The Runaways, too, I really recommend the movie, The Runaways, which came out in 2010. Uh, it had Kristen Stewart starring as Joan Jett, which was when I really started to appreciate and like her because she was incredible in this. And I, I think the movie is excellent and it gives you a little more visuals as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Joan Jett, Aaron. I like it. I like the cover. Mm-hmm. The back quote. On the back cover says, we didn't have to do anything to freak people out. We just had to show up. Isn't that the That's truth? how I live my life. You know it is. Mm-hmm. And I embrace that, I think. <laughs> uh, well, my uh, nonfiction other genre pick is similar in size in the sense that it's kind of like a quote-unquote coffee table book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got lots of pictures in it. It's called Humans of New York Stories. Ooh. So this was published in 2015, um, and it's kind of the... Towards the end of a journey for Brandon Stanton, who was a photographer. And in the summer of 2010, he began a photographic census of New York City. So he would take a picture of someone and do like a brief interview. And what he started doing was putting these in in a blog form. Like he would tell a little bit about the person, then there'd be this beautiful photograph. Um, And then he started a Facebook page that got over 12 million followers. And that's where I first heard about Mm -hmm. it. Someone told me about the Facebook page and I followed it and I love it. I I could, like, it's one of my favorite things on Facebook because it'll pop up. It's a picture. The picture's always intriguing and you want to know who it is. And he'll give you just sign of this brief glimpse into their life. And it's always just a wide array of different people. There's ones that'll make you go like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine that or ones that you feel very connected to like oh yeah that is exactly how my life is um and so so this was so popular 
that when he did the blog, he originally published a book called Humans of New York that was on the New York Times bestseller list. And from that and the Facebook page, the UN actually approached him in 2014, and he went on a goodwill mission so that we could get pictures of people in Iraq, Ukraine, Mexico City. Yeah, so he has a wide array now. So this book is the Humans of New York stories because this was the next book that he completed after the first one. And so there's still the beautiful photographs, but the interviews are much more in depth. The stories are much more complete. You find out much more about each person. Um, and they are, there's some that are like two parters, which he has featured on his Facebook page before too, but they're really, the stories are just more fleshed out. So it's, you're getting the photographs, but you're also getting more of a reading experience and the pictures are just so simple, but they're so compelling and interesting. They're just stunning. He's an incredibly gifted photographer, but also just gifted at picking out what makes us all unique because the way that he chooses to tell their stories or the pieces that he includes, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the range of emotions, I mean, some are hilarious. Some are very poignant, touching, sad. I mean, every way, shape and form that you could get something in there. And it's it's a bigger size book, I'd say, you know, like the size of a binder, basically, Mm -hmm. Um, beautiful, full page color, you know, photographs in there and then the stories. So it's actually out on a end table in my office because it's fun and people like to just be able to pick it up and look through it. And that's, what's great about the book is you could read it all the way through like a book, or you could just, you know, Mm -hmm. look at different parts. It's makes a great gift. I've given it as a gift a few times too, but it's beautiful. It's very cool. I remember that coming out on Facebook and it was just, I I could see like momentum building. People were just loving these short snippets of stories with people just walking down the street. And it was amazing to me that, um, it humanizes a lot of the items that are really hot political items that a lot of times people, they feel like you have to do all this research and be so super intelligent and know your stuff and have all these facts in order to be able to argue political points. And what he does so beautifully in this book is humanizes those mm-hmm. and it makes it so simple. Like, yeah. And I I think that is some of the the most magical parts is when he's able to point out something about society that maybe we're ignoring at that point mm-hmm. by telling someone's story. And I think that's always more powerful. It's so interesting to think about just walking through New York and coming up against a photographer that might want to take your picture or story yeah. or someday running up against uh, Billy Eichner, Billy well, on the street. Yeah, I know. Offering I don't a know dollar. which one I would like more. I know. I know. Because I mean, he's always offering a dollar to yeah. name like a woman or something random, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of opportunities for strangers to talk to you in New York. I don't know how I feel. I don't like strangers talking to me. Yeah, I don't either. If it was Billy Eichner, I'm about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm like on Bring it. it on. Yeah, I don't know if I would be as thrilled. A year, now that I think about it, I would be about the Billy Eichner one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do the Humans of New York. Mm-mm. I'm just that kind of personal interaction sometimes yeah. kind of. I immediately, if someone is coming towards me and wants to talk to me in public, I just pivot hard. Go to the right. Ah. <laughs> Just like, up, oh, moving around. <laughs> no show here. And now that I have a house and people can come to my door, I don't like that one bit. You and I have had this conversation before that I have hid on the stairs. Me too. On the thing. But then I've also made the mistake of coming down the stairs too soon and they weren't gone. Yes. And oh, then that's weird. Like, how long do so I lay weird. on this landing? Mm-hmm. There was one time I saw someone coming and ran around to hide behind my couch. <laughs> 
<laughs> we love people a lot. So much. So much. And it's happening a lot right now because there's canvassers mm-hmm. um, everywhere for political candidates because our caucuses are coming up. Yeah. And I want to be very nice to them. They're doing hard work. They're they're all that great. Listen, just it's don't come to my house. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't knock on my I door. I appreciate your plight. I'm don't, not about no, it. Don't. No. 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 And then if, um, you know, like jehovah's witnesses or something nope nope i'm out sorry mm-hmm. i don't respect your you know plight right now no mm-hmm. get out Mm-mm. no not a chance so. Yeah. so that's how i stand on people yeah. i don't want to talk to them i don't no. <laughs> i only want to talk to the people i know and like yeah is that so wrong no that's yeah. that's actually that's good instincts thank you yeah don't talk to strangers no that was ingrained Stranger in danger. me yeah. from a very early yeah, age that's smart See? that is just plain smart no it's a wonder i made any friends it's a wonder we became friends i don't like talking to people and you were a stranger that's true I think the shared experience. That's true. Well, as yeah, soon yeah. as you know someone else is on your wavelength, it's a little yeah, easier. Yeah, we were like, united in our hatred of the person crinkling the chips bag at the panel of writers. I was making noise, so angry, and we made eye contact. And I'm like, oh, that one gets it. Yeah, yep. I was like, my nostril flared, and I was mm-hmm. like, your nostril flared. <laughs> we should talk. We should. Our talk. nostrils flared. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah, let's chat this out. Well, for pop culture, Erin, yes. I I went with a show because okay. I was trying to think like how to apply this theme mm-hmm. to the show. So I went with a show that I really love, but the, the visuals of it are something really interesting and stunning. Um, the show is Legion on FX. Okay. And this is starring Dreamboat and a Half, Dan Stevens, who played The Beast, by the way, oh, in Beauty and the Beast. Okay. He's also from Downton Abbey and okay. other places. All right. All He's right. dreamy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the equally dreamy and incredible Aubrey Plaza. She is amazing. Among many other excellent folks. And this is created by Noah Hawley, the guy that did Fargo. And I know I talked about Fargo oh, okay. in the past. He's he's a talent. Let me tell you. So this show, Legion, David is in a mental hospital. And he's known since he was a kid that he's strange. And it's been diagnosed as schizophrenia. Um, so he's been in this mental hospital for many years. But then one day, this woman, Sid, shows up and he falls in love. But Sid doesn't like being touched. She's got every inch oh. of her skin covered. And so their relationship is non-physical. Until she is about to leave, he goes and kisses her. They exchange bodies. So just for a little while, long enough for him to get out of the hospital to beat, to meet a group of individuals led by Gene Smart. Gene Smart. Wow. Loving it. They reveal to him, you're not schizophrenic. You have powers. You can move things with your mind. You can see things that other people can't. This is not, you know, illness. This is actually ability. This is something special. So David starts rethinking his past, and we see things weren't how he thought. Now, I think that alone is a great concept for a show. It fits into the Marvel Universe, actually, because it's related particularly to Professor X of the X-Men series in the comics um, in some really interesting and surprising ways. But that's not the whole appeal here. The show is so strange. And most of that has to do with how the show looks and how it's organized, the way that they use colors, the way that they use their clothes and sets. It's utterly bizarre, but wonderful. There are dance sequences and a dance off. At one point, a dance off with a demon, I'll have you know. Oh, well, hey. Yeah, there are dream scenarios. Um, There are astronauts moving through the astral plane, because why 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 wouldn't wouldn't you? you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you want just a taste of this, look up the clip of Aubrey Plaza dancing in this show. It's two minutes of just utter batshit glory. (laughs) 
and you'll see what I mean, and you'll sign on for the show. Okay. Um, so it's great storytelling. I really love what they've done story-wise, how it connects to this very well-known universe, but also tells very human stories, um, but is just strange and weird, too. Um, but like I said, the visuals also are just very intricate. They're jaw-dropping. They really add to the story. So this one you're going to dig. Sounds great. Yeah. You're going to like the the play of visuals across the screen. All the dancing. All the, da- I mean, the I mean, dance-offs. Dancing, you know, I can't resist a good dance-off. At one point, there's a dance-off between Dan Stevens, Aubrey Plaza, and Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of Just think about that one. Yeah. I know. I was trying to, and I don't know. I think I have to see it, because I don't think my mind can recreate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. See, Podcat even likes it, too. She was meowing over yeah, in the Podcat corner. Did. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Offered some. I don't think Podcat really knows what I'm talking about. No, but I think Podcat's just angry. She's just, just like, meowing We're done. All I don't day know why today. you are still yeah. talking. We're done. Yeah. Well, I told you earlier, she was just meowing while she was in the litter box. So I don't know what her deal is today. Just, you know. I think that's her, like, wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> this is, nope, this episode, wrap it up. <laughs> or it could just be her notifying us that she's using the litter box again. Ah, uh, could be that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Which, either way. Maybe she just wants a good perimeter. Don't come. Yeah. <laughs> right now okay just saying leave me alone leave me to do my business she allows me to you know look at her if that's mm-hmm. happening i doubt that she would let you oh i she doesn't look at, let me look at her when she's doing anything no so i would think this would be extra terrible and by the way we learned something about your husband and yeah. podcat yeah what'd yeah. you learn aaron the worst kind of betrayal <laughs> that's happened to me in our married life yeah yeah mike Managed to have a private audience yeah. with Podcat mm-hmm. in which there was petting mm-hmm. and a face nuzzle yeah. and no angry meowing. Mm-mm. And I have never felt so hurt and betrayed by two different creatures at the same time. Yeah. I mean, they both joined forces to really mm-hmm. betray you. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to burst Mike's bubble, but mm-hmm. I feel like it was very <laughs> pointed on Podcat's part. <laughs> like, I know this will bother her. I'm not sure it was a love of Mike. Or just a hate of me that rose to a next level. Either way, she did it. She did it, yeah. And now Mike is feeling pretty good about himself. He is. He thinks they're best friends. Hmm. So I don't know if he understands how fickle Podcat is. <laughs> <laughs> next time you come over, Mike, she's not going to remember no, you. No, she's like, what? Yeah. That never happened. Mm-mm. Yeah. She's gonna she just loves them and leaves them. Or doesn't love them at all. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, Podcat's like a country song. Exactly. <laughs> loves them and leaves them. These boots are made for walking. She's got boots and she's walking out of there. These paws oh, are made for breaking arts. Yeah. I want to put her paws in boots now. <laughs> Little Nancy Sinatra boots. Oh, oh my shit. gosh. Can, you, Can imagine? you imagine her in tiny cowboy boots? First off, she would never allow this. No, but she it would be would... glorious. Oh, God. Those boots and then the rest of the body would be up on those yeah. boots. It would look Maybe ridiculous. I could just... <laughs> amazing. Maybe I could just get her high on like Benadryl or something and then just, you know, yeah. put the boots on her. Oh, she came oh, in here. Oh, oh okay. okay. Oh, she move, on. No. move on. Move on. Move on. No boots. Okay, we won't. Ah! <laughs> well, so for my uh, pop culture pick, I like you. I was kind of thinking, okay, yeah. what, where, where do I go? Mm-hmm. So I went with, uh, it's actually a website. It's a place Ooh. that you can purchase things that much of the visuals in my house come from. Interesting. It's called, and I think that you might have been the one that told me about it. It's called Society6. You bet your ass I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's Society and the number six dot com. Mm-hmm. They have a ton of different products. I mean, they have bedspreads, all that kind of stuff. But what I really love is their art section. Essentially, it's like a marketplace for artists to sell their pieces. So it's kind of like a, a 
I don't want to call it Etsy because that has kind of a different flavor. This yeah. is like artists that are, I mean, selling prints. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can search by artist, you can search by type, you can search by medium, by form, by color, by subject. Um, really, truly, almost all of the art in my house comes from this site. Me too. It's one of my favorite things to do is just scroll through here and find new artists, add things to my list. I love it because you can buy them in different forms. Like you can get it on a canvas or you can get it in a small print or a large print or a watercolor. I mean, they'll change even the medium sometimes depending on the artist. Um, and I, you can find collections. So there's a couple artists that are on my favorites that when they have new stuff on there, it, it alerts me and pops up. Um, and truly it's honestly, it's like a pastime. I just really like looking at the stuff on there. So cool. It's so different. You won't find it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not something you're going to find anywhere else. Um, so even though it's maybe not like I I get, you know, art collectors, I'm not an art collector. I'm not spending thousands. No, this is just really cool artwork that people are, and it's a great place for them to sell it for you to see it, to get it in a really cool form and Mm -hmm. to have something unique because there are things that I've never seen anywhere else. And there's an aesthetic there. You're right. It's, it's not the kinds of things you would find in other stores, which is so cool. It is. Yeah. It it really feels like you're finding someone special. Yeah. Something special. Yeah. Yeah. And in a lot of them, you know, I, I've been able to do like, um, groupings on different, Different, in different rooms by artists because some of them maybe have a similar vibe, you know, so then I can group them together or I can find, you know, if you're one of those people, you can kind of search by color scheme within artists mm-hmm. you like. And I love it. I can't get enough of it. I mean, honestly, I get so excited when <laughs> I like decide to purchase something and I get it. And I, it's, yeah, it's like one of my favorite things. That's such a good, I haven't bought anything since I moved into the house. Oh, yeah. I need to get back on there and check it out. Yeah. I've got some of my favorite stuff there. There's, there was an artist that was doing for a while a series of uh, female leads from movies like, uh, you know, heroes and, and yes. other things and uh, in sort of cartoon but graphic form. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah, they do some amazing stuff on there. One of my favorites, there's um, an artist on there named Minimaliste think is how you pronounce it but it's very simple like pencil drawings Mm -hmm. so um, I have a couple of those prints in our living room there's another artist that I love Vivi Gonzalez art Um, really beautiful there she has some beautiful abstract stuff she has some beautiful like portrait type things Um, Daniel Taylor is another one that I really love um, that just some really unique drawing style and unique take on portraits i mm-hmm. think he is too so I, yeah i've really i love it i love you could that take site. a shelfie with those i could i probably God. would yeah look at me tying it all up like yeah. that tying it up in a bow mm-hmm. so many visuals this episode <laughs> so many great so picks. many great picks so picks and pick pi- wait what picks and picks is in short for pictures picks and oh Man, I wasn't catching the the absence of the K yeah, in the I second. Know. Yeah, well, I also kind of got old, so I can't really over a picks and picks. It's coming out really like okay. It's like I think there's a wordplay here, but I don't, I don't get what it. What is she I'm doing? Yeah, she's doing yeah. something with her face, but I can't tell. <laughs> well, you'll probably be doing something your, with your face again next Wednesday when we oh, come always, back. And yeah. I always, yeah. yeah. Um, in the meantime, though, you can head to our website broadsandbooks.com and check out all the recommendations we made in this episode. Also on our website, or if you are one of those amazing people that has subscribed, it comes right to your feed. We have some awesome bonus material. Mm -hmm. One of our favorites right now, the Broads Talk Books with, 
And we have wonderful authors on there that we talked to about books. You bet we did. Wonderful listening. Yeah. And we've got more coming too. Yeah. And there's other great bonus stuff. Some interviews with us, some gift recommendations, Mm -hmm. some way to make your holidays great. Yeah. So much good stuff. Road trip playlist. Oh God. I forgot about the road trip playlist. Yeah. So many good things. We took some quizzes. We did. We've, we've done some stuff for you. (laughs) So we've spent some time at this desk talking into these microphones. So much And it's not all just selfish for us. It's for you. No. Yeah. No. This is giving (laughs) at its finest. You sound like the person that's like, we're going to have fun. It is You're going to like and it. you will like it. And I swear to God, if you say another thing, I'll rip your head off. I'll smack you in the face. So anyway, yeah. I mean, besides that, you know, mm-hmm. low-level threatening that yeah. just happened. Um, we, you know, if you like what we're putting out, and why wouldn't you? We would love to hear a review from you. I mean, are you hate listening? <laughs> You're obviously not. You're love listening. So do it. <laughs> Oh my God, what if somebody's hate listening? If you're hate listening, guess what? We're still winning. <laughs> so, not sure what still you thought you were doing. Drums, but... <laughs> and if you are, hey, just live tweet it or something. Yeah, you know, let great. us know. Yeah, we'll, we're in we'll put for that it. shit everywhere. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you're thinking positively, if you're love listening, mm-hmm. which we sure hope you are, then let us know how much you love us. Yeah. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> if you're using another podcast player, why don't you check out Podchaser? Right there, you can write a review for us, but also find out other great recommendations from other podcast creators. Wonderful. In addition, if you'd like to get more involved or you'd like to see your name in lights, i.e. on our social media, you should give us a theme idea. Yeah, you should. We will take it and run. Ooh, we're going to run so far, so fast. Yes. Probably not very fast. Probably won't run, Uh, actually, at all. I'm going to take it back. We're not going to (laughs) run. We're going to take your idea and make it into a Mountain of great recommendations. Wow, I wasn't sure where you were going with the mountain. Ah, we're gonna mount it and love it. Put it up on the wall oh, and a yeah. mounted image. Yeah, yes, okay. That's okay. The only yeah. mounting we'll be doing with your idea. <laughs> wow. Okay, let me just hard pivot again. Yeah, um, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... 
this isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> and because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts. 